Well, hello and welcome to the first of the Aon UK DC Survey 2020 podcast series. This is the first of five and over that series we'll be looking at the detail of the key insights highlighted by the survey and we will hear from Aon's DC experts about the findings and their thoughts. Today's discussion, we're actually going to focus on objectives and I'm joined by Stephen Lee who has been locked away in a dark room putting the survey data together into a format report that you can see for yourselves. Steve, so do you want to tell us a little bit about a bit of background to the survey first before we get into the chapter one on objectives? Hi, John. Uh, yeah, thank you. So as you say, we've been working hard pulling together the results from our 2020 DC scheme survey uh, over the last few weeks. And it was great in terms of the number of responses we received. So we got over 200 schemes represented covering around half a million members and over 50 billion in assets. So really good spread of respondents. And I think gives us a really good picture of the UK DC market at the moment. And are they all all trust-based schemes or is it a, a good mix? It's not, no, it's a range. So we've got responses from trust covering trust-based schemes, contract-based schemes, master trusts, and a few others in there as well. And the respondents themselves were quite varied. So we had responses from people in HR, people in finance, pension trustees, um, pension managers. So a really good spread of views. Fantastic. Sounds like a really rich source of data. So what's it telling us about the differences between the different types of schemes and what people are trying to achieve with them? Well, one of our sort of themes, if you like, for the survey was around schemes doing lots of good things across the board, but not really always been able to prove it or to measure how well they're doing. So the title of the survey itself is how do you measure up? And what we're seeing is that quite often schemes, whether they're trust-based, master trust or contract-based, are actually comparing themselves with each other quite a lot, but not necessarily measuring things like member outcomes or member engagement levels. That's kind of a common thread that we find running throughout. So it's kind of focus on what's everyone else doing and doing the same, a sort of herd, potentially herd mentality. Completely, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So what's wrong with aiming to have the same contribution rates as others, I suppose, is the, the question from that. Well... I think that's quite a short-term view. So you can see some sense in it because you you don't necessarily want to be overpaying or underpaying compared to the market. So you can see the, the logic behind looking at what other people are doing and kind of trying to aim to be somewhere in the middle or or maybe above middle. You know, you might be aiming to do better than your, your peers. But actually, when you think about what's the point of a pension scheme, what's it there for? It's there to provide people enough money to retire on. Otherwise, they're going to be working for forever more. So if people are measuring what goes in, but not necessarily looking at what comes out at the other end, there could be a real problem for people if people aren't going to have enough money to retire on. Okay, we'll, we'll probably come back to that. If not today, then another in the series. But you're saying sort of from the stats, I think that, that I've seen that two in 10 of s- schemes are aiming to offer a market leading DC pension scheme. So Given what you just said, what what does that actually mean in practice? Well, I think the challenge there is market leading can probably mean very different things to different people. So 
it could mean delivering high contribution rates to your peers, or it could mean offering a fantastic suite of tools for members and getting all the individuals really switched on with their pension scheme and their pensions planning. It could mean helping people with support and, and individual guidance, or it might just mean having the most efficient, effective investment strategy and trying to deliver better returns than anybody else. So it's all very well having an aspiration to have a market-leading pension scheme, but I think it's really important to drill down in terms of the objectives about what does that mean for your particular scheme. So some examples there, when we ask people about the specific objectives on their business plans, Around three quarters said they were looking to deliver better member outcomes and improving value for members. And around half of people had some specific communication or, or member engagement type objectives, which is actually a big increase from when we ran this two years ago. Well, that's certainly encouraging. There are always a few surprises in these in these surveys. So what, uh, what did you find in this one? Okay, so... I guess there were the 9% of respondents who said they don't have any objectives or don't have a plan at all, which is a little bit scary if you yeah. uh, happen to work for an employer who's got no plan for your pension saving. But what I found really interesting was that perhaps only around 38% had an objective to improve contribution rates and improve the take-up of uh, employer matching contributions. And Given that the aim of most most schemes is to deliver better member outcomes, you'd think surely getting people to save more into the pension and get more from the company is going to deliver a better outcome. But not, you know, six in ten did not have this as an objective. And possibly one of the reasons for that, again, is perhaps a more of a short-term approach and some worry about costs for the company or the sponsor. Yeah, I guess the company is going to want to control those costs as far as possible. Indeed, and it's it's all about sort of balancing the two and thinking about the, the short-term cost of the company paying more into people's pensions for them uh, against the potential issue of people not having enough money to retire later in the day. That sort of begs the, the interesting question of who actually owns and sets the objectives for a DC scheme. Yeah, and I, I don't think there's a, a one, a uniform answer to that one. So there aren't really any rules on this whether it's a, an employer's own trust scheme or a contract-based scheme, they're always going to be different stakeholder groups. So it might be the scheme trustees, it might be the HR team, it might be the finance team. And of course, the individual members or employees who are part of that scheme are, are very important stakeholders as well. And what we find when schemes are set in objectives, it's really better to involve all parties at this stage. So we, we have a tool we use called Viewpoints, which we use to, to get the views of different stakeholders. And what this allows them to do is to see where they are all aligned, and it might make sense to have a common objective, or where there is any conflict or disagreement between parties. So it allows them to complete this anonymously, so there's no sort of pressure on individuals to uh, toe the party line, but it actually helps them draw out where there are differences, so at least they can be addressed up front. That sounds pretty pretty critical as a, as a first step. And in terms of um, what you're seeing from the results, are schemes actually meeting these objectives that they're setting? Well, that's another very interesting point because although most schemes have got objectives, an awful lot of them aren't measuring whether they're achieving the objectives or not. So when we asked the question, how do you measure progress? The most popular response was, we don't. <laughs> 
Oh dear. Yes. Um, and those that do measure, there's a bit of a hit and miss approach in terms of whether they're getting regular reporting or they're just sort of getting ad hoc feedback from individual members or, or surveys. So there isn't really a lot of consistency around schemes measuring whether they are actually achieving their objectives or not. Okay, so there's a, a, a clear gap there and perhaps it links in with this short term, long term issue that you've already mentioned, Steve, in terms of people focusing on what they can measure now more readily, which is how much is going in against actually something a little bit less easily grappled with and that's what's coming out the other end of it. So in terms of what you can do or what's the best way you see as sort of measuring success against these objectives? Well, I think we we like hard data, particularly in our industry. It's a lot easier to prove things with uh, quantitative data. But it's, as you say, not just looking at things like contribution rates and sort of retirement ages and, and sort of inputs, but thinking about outputs. So looking at what is the projected outcome for a typical member? Is that going to be enough? What do we think? Is, is it an appropriate level? But as well as the quantitative data, it is important to look at the qualitative as well, particularly for things like engagement and understanding levels. And so we're seeing schemes running things like employee focus groups or having some sort of employee forum where people can actually feed back to those running the scheme about whether they understand it, whether they really know what's important and what they need to be deciding on. Okay. In terms of how that feeds through into what schemes do next and what what do you think are the next steps for, for DC schemes? Well, there's quite a wide range of areas that I think schemes are focusing on over the next few years. I think in our view, this point around adequacy is very important. So uh, one of our tools, DC Analytics, is helping schemes to project forwards and have a look at how many of their members are on track for a you know a comfortable retirement or even to be able to afford to retire at all to allow the schemes and the sponsors to sort of plan around that. But also in terms of when we specifically asked as part of the survey, what are people doing next? Where's the focus? There was a huge range of answers there. So engagement is is quite a high priority for a lot of schemes but there are lots of other individual challenges so people looking at their investment strategy whether that's right people looking at the support for members coming up to retirement one scheme i think in particular said they were worried about the challenges that brexit might have for their members if we're allowed to say the b word i don't know <laughs> i think you just said it oh, it's too late, yeah, it's too late. Uh, but I, I don't think particularly over the short term there was necessarily going to be an issue there but it raises a valid point around would members be worried about this, in which case do they need some sort of communication just to reassure them about what might happen to their pension savings and whether there would be any impact. So I think there's a, a huge number of challenges for different schemes, and it's all about making sure they understand what the challenges are, and then back to this point around measuring have they met them or not. And it sounds to me like there's there's plenty of data available to schemes to help them measure. and it would make sense for them to look at those sources of information in order to help them set those objectives and also help to see how how successful they're being in driving the scheme forward. But I, I think what's also come through is from what you're saying, Steve, is that there's a huge range of really good work going on in schemes and it's about trying to join together the objectives that a sponsor might have, a trustee might have and a member might have and trying to better align those to achieve an outcome which is meeting all those various different parties' objectives. Completely, yes. And I think once once you do get that kind of commonality around objectives, it's a lot easier to see if the scheme that you've got at the moment is delivering to those objectives or whether you need to make changes.
Well, thank you, Steve. That's been really interesting. Great to talk to you as always. Thanks to all those tuning in and listening to the podcast. And don't forget, if you want a copy of the survey, please do click on the link in the podcast text. Alternatively, you can email us at talktous at aon.com or contact your usual Aon consultant.